And welcome everyone to another installment of Drive the Valley presented by Chippewa Valley Mazda. Bill from Chippewa Valley Mazda with us as always. He's got another great guest uh, along the way with us as well. Bill, how's it going? It's going pretty good. It's going really great. Uh, Bill, uh, here we are. It's another episode of this podcast and I know uh, you're getting very excited about bringing on a lot of your your guest friends, aren't you? Yeah, you know it's kind of fun. I uh, at some point in time, uh, I'm not that cool, so I'm going to run out of uh, good guests. But I've got some pretty good ones in the hopper right now. I know we had uh, Wendy. If people haven't gone and listened to that one yet, go back listen to to that one. That was a lot of fun, and I have high expectations for this one here today. Judging by the conversation, <laughs> the two of you were were already having before we started recording. Bill, why don't you welcome in the guest, and away you go. It's a familiar name and definitely somebody that represents a pillar of this community. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I'm, uh, I'm lucky enough to have a, uh, a good friend along with me today that uh, we're going to get to learn a little bit about a local event, uh, but something that's nationally known as well and comes to our area every year with the, uh, the exception of 2020 in hand. So we're gonna answer some random questions, talk about this event, uh, and before I do that, um, and before I talk about what that event is, I'm gonna introduce a good friend of mine whose name is Kathy Wright, and she is actually the general manager for this cool thing called Country Jam. So Kathy, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, it's fun to have you here. I uh, I get to banter with you all the time, but now we get to do it in public. So this should be uh, this should be like 27 minutes of uh, persecution back and forth with each other. I know. I we have to mind our p's and q's and not pick on each other, but <laughs> it we'll be able to make it through it. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I have uh, I've I've known you for a long time, uh, but uh, I think uh, you know there's always a there's always an allure that comes around with Country Jam, and there's a million questions that uh, that go behind it. But before we dive into that. Tell me about yourself. Like, who is uh, who? Who's who? Who do you want the public to know Kathy as? Oh gosh. Um, well, you didn't tell me you were going to ask me that question. <laughs> I know. You know, I've I've uh, I'm grew up in the southern part of the state, so I grew up down by Lake Geneva, and um, came up here for college, and uh, met a boy, and never left. And so here I am. I don't know a lot of years later, and uh, still here in Eau Claire, and this is now home for me, and. Uh, uh, was fortunate enough to dive into this as a job early on in my days in Eau Claire. And I can blame the boy all I want, but I'm pretty sure it was probably the job that kept me here first. And uh, um, went to school at Eau Claire actually for geriatric social work, which not a lot of people know. Um, So I'm absolutely not using my degree any day of my life. Um, so I, I met the guys that own the festival one day when I was working at the country club in college and started working for them part time. And now it's just become my career. That's awesome. No, that's uh, that's awesome. You know, I always think, uh, yeah, again, I've known you forever, but I always, I think, you know, what's it like working three days a year? You know, it really makes uh, for a long winter. <laughs> that's honestly my favorite. I have three things people always ask me. Um, one is how much do we pay the artists, which we can't disclose. The, the second is, do they really ask for bowls of only green M&Ms? And um, the third is, wait, you work all year? <laughs> You're right. This thing just totally builds itself overnight. It's no problem. It's so funny. I always, and I, of course I picked on you uh, and I know you well enough to know that, you know, this time of year is, is one of your busier times. Um, you know, I, I it, what, what is that? How did country jam come about? 
Like, what's the story on that? You know, it started um, in 1990, or actually it started in 1987. Larry Barr at the time owned Fanny Hill, and he decided to have a shake, rattle, and roll concert in the parking lot at Fanny Hill. And had that uh, 87, 88, and 89. And then in 1990, country music just really started to develop as a popular platform. You hear in country music a lot about the class of 90. And um, so they moved down to the current festival site we have now and added Country Jam. So for three years, we did back-to-back weekends. Shake, Rattle, and Roll one weekend, Country Jam the next weekend, and then we slept the whole month of August. (laughs) Um, And so that's really how we began, and um, we've evolved since then. Um, We've stuck our head in a couple different areas. Um, In 1994, we added a festival in Western Colorado to the mix um, that the company sold off about five years ago. Uh, Live Nation owns that festival now. So you know, it's interesting because the um, the evolution of the music festival business started as a couple people that had some land that thought it would be cool. And then a lot of major media, iHeart and Townsquare Media and uh, obviously Live Nation really got into the festival industry. So it's actually hard to find a locally owned music festival anymore, with the exception of the state of Wisconsin. Yeah. You know, there's a ton of locally owned and operated music festivals in Wisconsin. Chippewa Valley Music Festivals, Us, Hodag, Country Boom, and Lacrosse. There's some great festivals that still remain um, local where all of the dollars, all the profits, and all the proceeds remain here in the state of Wisconsin and in our local community. You know, what's weird too is, I mean, and we're probably just, you know, being residents of the area, we're somewhat numb to it. But that, that actually was one of the questions I had down is, why I you know you're spoiled in Eau Claire because you literally have um, you know a host of different music festivals uh, most of them uh, you know kind of at the local level um, but even in the region so you know why is that like like it's uncommon so I mean does it how does that just happen you know it's odd when you look at everyone thinks about Nashville and Texas for country music and and while that's very true our region is very, very strong in, in being country music fans. It's our lifestyle. You know, yeah, we don't have, we, we, we harvest different crops, but we're farmers. Um, you know, there's, we all drive, you know, trucks are a very important part of our, of our world. But honestly, I think just that core value of just, you know, things, people are good and, and we love our mama and we go to church on Sunday and those things while are very, are very rooted in the South, they're very strong in Midwest ethics as well. So I think that genre of music really speaks to who we are just as individuals. Yeah, no, I mean, that it, it's a great answer. That makes um, perfect sense. You know, I, again, we, we kind of brushed on this a couple of minutes ago. You know, you talk about three days a year, you know, you're, you're not you, and I know you, and I've seen you do it. You're, you're nonstop insane the week leading up and the week after. But, you know, one of the things I think people don't really think a lot about is the work that goes into actually planning and putting this together. So, you know, talk a little bit. I think people would be curious to know a little bit about that. Like, what does it actually take to put together a festival? And I mean, is it something operationally that you're working on year round? It, you know, it truly is. I mean, I'll be honest, there's some weeks that aren't as busy. You know, like I said, we sold Colorado. Um, so that takes a little bit off of our plate because we did a country and a rock festival out there. That was a lot. Um, but, you know, for the most part, we start off in the fall. We have to get our lineup booked. And I know we're going to talk a little bit about that later, but that is a process. Um, it's a huge game of chess. And um, that's one that's always hard to work on. And then we get started with building our ticketing platforms, our systems. Once we get our lineup booked, we have to look at price because lineup, you know, our expenses on lineup can swing a half a million to a million dollars every year. And the consumer's like, wait, my ticket went up 20 bucks? Yeah, because 
Keith Urban went up a half a million. Like those are things I'm not picking on Keith, but those are things that happen in our industry. And, um, so we start doing that. We build marketing plans. Um, we have to re renew all of our season ticket holders. And then we just get moving into operations. You know, we, we literally build an entire city complete with a fire department, uh, paramedics and EMS, um, police department. We have our own water sources. I and mean, we have to build a whole city in the middle of a field every single year. You're playing a nonstop game of Sims. Oh, like, gosh. <laughs> literally <laughs> over and over every year. I know. You know, it's really weird, and I don't tell the story very often, but as a kid on rainy days, I had what was called the Great Domino Rally 2. And you, it's where you set up, you know, when you set up dominoes in a row and then you push them over. Well, the Great Domino Rally was like 10,000 dominoes. So it would take me like six hours to set them all up. And then I would push the one at the front and I'd knock them all down. Then I'd be like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm done. All six hours of my work is over. And I feel like I do that every single year. You know, it's like building a new house every year. Yeah. Like if you've ever built a house, you don't ever want to do it again. It's funny if you're, uh, you know, and to that reference, if you're under 25, what dominoes are was a <laughs> game that was built <laughs> I know, ago. I'm so old, I'm so old. It's so funny, I, I immediately know what you're talking about, and I'm thinking, wow, dominoes, it's something I haven't thought of in a million years. I so. know, but that's what I did as a kid when it rained. Yep. Like, you got to keep this mind busy somehow. Yep, that's awesome. So, you know, I mean... What when you're when you talk artists and you talk you know the the sense of booking artists, um, you know I I've been one of those guys on the other end and I've had your ear on occasion to be like ah oh, you should bring this person or you should bring that person and you know what I mean the the public when they're looking out there there's always a million questions like you know or or a million everybody's everybody's got an idea about who you should bring so hey you know you should book Garth Brooks this year or you should book uh you know this pinnacle act or that pinnacle act. What, how difficult when you talk routing and you talk, you know, actually getting an artist to your venue, talk about what that looks like. Oh my gosh. Well, I, I referenced a, a chess, which chess is a game that's played that looks like checkers. Uh, you know, <laughs> it, it really is a big chess match because, you know, you can pay, you have your budget that what you're looking at for lineup and you, you know, you have kind of your, your big, what we would call our anchor act, like the big headliner. And typically we'll have one of those and then a couple mid-levels. So first you have to go get your anchor because you need him in place first. And so you chase and you chase and those anchors can swing a half a million dollars either direction. So it really affects what falls down below that because it might change how you're able to spend your dollars elsewhere. So it, it really is crazy. And on the backside of that, you know, our agents trying to build what's called a route. So our route includes Country Thunder, which is a festival in southern Wisconsin that Live Nation now owns. It includes um, the uh, Cheyenne Frontier Days in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Woohoo! I know, home That's boy, awesome. Yeah. yeah. So you know, when you, when we do that, you know, our agent will call and say, "Look, I can put you two days in Cheyenne. I can put you a day in Omaha. I can put you in Twin Lakes, and I can I can put you in Wisconsin. Then we're going to finish up at Faster Horses in Michigan." And so the artist has to decide: Are they going to take that five day run? And then the flip side of that is, is that who all five of us can agree on? Yeah. And does it fit in all five of our budgets? And so sometimes one of the, one of the venues will say, Hey, I really want, you know, Bill's banjo band. Um, and I know they're out of your budget, but if you take them, then I'll take this. And so it, it's crazy. And then you think you got it all set. And then that guy's like, yeah, I'm going to go play, you know, us bank stadium instead. Yeah. Ugh. So then you wipe off the board and you have to re-strategize the whole thing. And this so. is what takes pretty much all of your time all year long. And it's restrictive, right? So, you know, hypothetically, artist A is playing 100 miles away two days before. 
mm-hmm. you're I, it's going to be difficult to get them. So that just creates a whole other set of challenges. Absolutely. So, so you throw um, Target Field, Target Center, XL Energy Center, um, U.S. Bank Stadium, and then a couple of festivals in Minnesota in the mix. And I have seven seven headliners that are already out of the mix because they might be playing up there. Sometimes something as you talk about what's evolved in the industry since I've been involved in it is, you know, country artists now sell out stadiums. They didn't do that when we first started. So now they're like, oh, I'm doing a stadium tour this year. So they're traveling with gear that's built specifically for a stadium. So they don't want to pull into a festival and not be able to put on the show that's been rehearsed, choreographed, and and built. So, you know, you have to be really careful about that because they'll, you know, nope, I'm on a stadium tour this year. I'm out. And you're like, but, 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 but just come play us. We don't care. Yeah. Um, and we've done that. You know, we, we've done what we would call fly date, which means the artist comes in with their band. We supply the gear. And you know what? They're not good. <laughs> They aren't it's, because it's just not the same. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's like throwing a quarterback on the on the field with another team. You know, they don't have their things. They don't. You know, this doesn't explode at this point. You know, those shows are so choreographed and they're so ready to go, and they spend months. They don't just show up and sing. They spend months planning exactly what happens in their show. There's room for a little movement, but. You know, so they don't want to come in and, and not be able to throw their huge show on stage. And I just actually had a conversation with someone the other day. They're like, oh, I saw so-and-so a couple of years ago. They were terrible. I'm like, that's not fair. That was a fly date. So they didn't have their things. Yeah. So imagine like somebody lost your luggage, right? And you have to go to a formal dinner. It's not going to be good. Like there's only so much you can buy at Walmart. Well, and, and uh, so 21, you know, coming out of, coming out of last year um, and it being, you know, probably nothing aside from disastrous for your industry and for the music industry in itself, you know, there's probably, uh, it's even going to be more strange. One, it's got to be different from a booking aspect, but two, I mean, these performers haven't been out on tour. They haven't been out, you know, in stadiums selling out shows and doing these things. So that's probably got to have a way different spin to it as we get into this year. And it, and it, you know, that's one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, talk to me about 20. I mean, I, I mean, it, wah, at the wah, surface wah. level, yeah, it had to have been, it, it had to have been pretty tough. It was rough. You know, I'll be honest. Um, for those of you that, that don't know my story, I was with Jam for about 15 years and then I left uh, for eight years and went and had a grown up job for a little while. And um, <laughs> I decided I really missed what I did for a living. So I came back right before the 19 event. So 20 was really my first year of being in the driver's seat and doing all the planning. And I was just so excited to be back doing what I absolutely loved. So when we had to pull the plug, it was like, what's happening right now? Um, and, and it was hard because it was when you, when we called the people that, that go down the food chain, if you will, um, you know, we call our stage company who has to call his drivers and his sound guys and tell them, look, we're done. Like you got to go find something else to do. We use a ton of contract workers, our stage manager, our production manager, and all these guys do is they move weekend to weekend. They go go to different events. We just wiped out their entire income and and that's tough, you know, yeah. when you're making those phone calls. And, and, and then the flip side of that is, you know, we have a ton of volunteer organizations that work the event. Yeah. And we are their only fundraiser. And we're like, hey, we know that you're counting on $15,000 from working at our event, but but you're going to have to find it somewhere else this year. And so, you know, when you look at really what the what the downstream effect of canceling an event, you know, our hoteliers, they just called and said, please say it isn't so. You know, we are the largest um, event that happens in the Chippewa Valley. We fill every single hotel room at the highest rate they charge all year. Yeah. 
And so our hoteliers were just devastated by that, you know, so there's just so much that's involved and so many people that, that benefit in the wake of the event that that was tough. Yeah. It's not, you know, I mean, jam is completely different because it's not just canceling a concert. It's not canceling a show. Yes, it's three days, but to your point, I mean, the, the honest ripple effect that it has on the drivers and the local economy, and it, it kind of spurred that in my mind. And I don't know if you've ever, you know, really researched it or, you know, those numbers are public or not, but it has to be significant revenue. Now we're not talking profit, but the local mm-hmm. impact has to be significant. It's actually $9.5 million. Unbelievable. Is the, is, that's the economic impact of the event that weekend. Wow. Everyone from a gas station owner to a nonprofit that's working the event to the guy selling hot dogs down there. You know, we have a lot of local vendors. And so, yeah, it's tough. Well, you know, okay, so what what does 21 look like? It's like, and I'm sure, I'm, clearly you had all of 2020 to prepare and punt and pivot and kind of go back to the drawing board and go back and back again. Um, I, how are you guys feeling about 21? Like, what, what's what's it going to look like at JAM? Is it going to be different? Uh, you know, what, what are some things as the public that we might think through? You know, that's, that's the million dollar question right now is, you know, do I think we're having a festival? I do. Do I think it's going to look the same? Nope. Um, so things are going to look different and, and we're working with the health department right now to figure out what that might mean. You know, how can you socially distance? Well, y- you can ish. Um, and, and how do you, how do you keep things clean? Well, you can ish. Yeah. So, you know, we're working closely with the health department to find out really what are the pain points. Um, so, you know, there might be some areas you might have to wear a mask. Yeah. We're not sure yet. You know, if you're on your way in and you're in a huge crowd of people, you might need to wear a mask for 10 minutes. Let's face it. We're all used to it by now. Um, but we don't know that for sure. Yeah. You know, if you ride the bus to and from the campground, you might need to wear a mask when you're on the bus. You know, it's four minutes of your life. You'll be okay. Yeah. You know, and, and it's not even, I mean, at this point, like, right, it's not a political thing that's not taking a position on one side or another. I mean, we, we all, you talked about nine and a half million dollars in revenue and as business people and supporting the, you know, the, the local economy. I mean, that's what, if that's what it takes to make it go off and you have to find a space to fit in, it's what you have to do. I mean, I'll wear a hazmat suit. I don't care. <laughs> like it just, I'd like it to be pink. Like, so, you know, that's, that's what we're looking at right now. And again, it really depends on how vaccines yep. are allowed. And I mean, this, this is crazy. Like I was laughing the other day. I'm like, remember when we used to worry about weather? Like that was our biggest concern is, is it's going to rain or not? Well, good Lord. Ooh, we're in fast moving current right now. Like every day the <laughs> river know. changes. So, I know. you know, it, it, it makes perfect sense. You know, in in one sense of it, you know, like I've done this and obviously I'm going to jam and I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be there. I know. Uh, there's a special place for me and it's not jail. Um, it, but yeah. <laughs> yet, yet. Um, but, you know, there, there are people I talk to who are like, you know, I'm kind of holding off on buying my tickets or, or I'm not buying my tickets yet or I'm going to wait and kind of see. Is there, I mean, and I know that's hard for you to answer and not be biased, right? Mm-hmm. But is there an advantage to either one? Well, you know, I'll tell you what, a couple things is one of our core values that really flushed it's about in this last year is that um, we're personally invested in your experience. We say that every day at our office. And and what that means to us is if you had tickets to um, a, a major music festival that wasn't locally owned, um, they don't have a telephone number. 
Yeah. You can't call them and ask them questions. You can't ask about um, what you can need, what are your ticketing options, but you can call us, you can stop at our office, yeah. you know? So, so what we know is we're going to do exactly what we did last year is, is give everyone the opportunity to buy their ticket. If we can't have a festival due to COVID, we'll offer you an opportunity to get a refund or carry your tickets over till next year. It's, right on our ticketing page it's our policy we did it last year we'll yeah. do it again so this whole like we're gonna postpone it and we'll give you your money back in seven years when you, we do the concert like <laughs> when, when we can go at it yeah. right right so i mean it's right there and what we did last year is you had 30 days you could request a refund right online we either put the money right back on your credit card or sent you a check depending on how old the order was and and we rolled and, uh, or you saved your tickets one of the two that's extremely transparent and i mean that's right from the source and you know what I, honestly i think that's that's huge you know and i know you know in past years i mean you know we we've, we've had these conversations but vip sells out fast um, you know, I mean, this year could be different with it. So like you wait, you, you might not be going, right, you know, you right. could be, well, you you know, be in a different spot. We just sold out our party pit a couple of weeks ago and I had a friend call me the other day and he's like, what do you mean? Like you can like, you can hook a brother up, right? Like you can hook me up. And I'm like, right. I can't throw, like, throw on the friend card. Out. Right. Yeah. I right. never he's do like, that. He's like, don't you have any in your pocket? I'm like, no. Like, so, <laughs> so I guess what I would tell everyone and tickets don't get any cheaper. That's the other thing is they go up in price. So if, if you want to go to jam, go ahead and buy your tickets. If we can't have it, we're going to give you your money back. Yeah. Um, or of course you can let us keep it for another year till next year, which by the way was super helpful. Um, so, so yeah, I would say get your tickets now. We have a couple of VIPs left and we don't know what we're going to have to do for social distancing yet. So we're limiting capacity. Um, we are going to try and run at about half capacity this year. And that, that makes things a little bit smaller. That's even more of a pinch, you know, and I got to think in, in my mind that, you know, you, one, you wait, you might not get to go, but I literally, I mean, like you said, tickets aren't going to get less expensive. It's now's the time to kind of do it. So who, who, the, I mean, we all know the headliners and we always pay attention to those, right? Like those are, those are the standbys. And that's probably why we all buy a ticket is, oh my goodness, I want to go see Chris Young. I can't wait. And, and I do, Chris I can't Young wait. Fan. You know, you know, I picked how I, I, I booked Chris Young because of you, just so you know, <laughs> I'm sure you did. And I cannot believe you gave me a golf cart this year. That is just the stop talking. Stop. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So who, who is, there's hidden acts early in the day. Mm -hmm. There's always a there's always a go to that you should go see. It's somebody who lays in the weeds who maybe didn't tour for a while, um, just has an amazing show. Who do who do you see this year? I mean, aside from everybody, but who do you right, go see? Right, right. You know, honestly, there's a couple that are they they might not be new to everybody, but they're new to me. Um, and Hardy is one of them. If you haven't if you haven't dug into Hardy at all, I would definitely dig into him. Um, and Cody Johnson, he's kind of like a new Garth which is really, really interesting. So he's going to be great. And I think the one that if you're not already a fan, um, unless you literally sleep through the entire program, you're going to love this guy by the end of it. And that's Chris Jansen. The guy is uber talented. He plays like 25 different instruments. He's insane. Um, and again, obviously everybody's John Party's going to be awesome. You know, that type of thing. But those are, I think the acts that are really going to surprise a lot of people this year. If you haven't seen them yet. Did I, and again, I was perusing the site and it gets a little overwhelming, right? Because you have like a lot of artists that go into one lineup and you do, you get laser focused in on your headliners. But was there, is Shenandoah performing this they year? They are, Church on the Cumberland Road. Jeez. I know. And you know, it's a crazy. I had a mullet when that song was cool. 
<laughs> that was, and I was playing dominoes. Well, the mullet is back, so I know we just need to bring back dominoes. Um, actually, something that's really cool about Shenandoah is they've only played Country Jam once before, and it was Country Jam one. So they played the first music festival that we had in 1990, and now their next time back is this year. That's actually awesome. That's cool. And it, I mean, I don't know, like. You know, um, was it was it uh, a couple years ago? You had Joe Diffie booked the year that Joe Diffie didn't make it, right? Like, well, he died of COVID, so it was in 2020. Was it 20? Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. Tough. Yeah, that was kind of the first big hit um, was Joe Diffie. Um, and, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, and we, I mean, we used to giggle earlier in my career that we raised Kenny Chesney from a puppy. <laughs> because, I mean, the first time we had him, he played a bar in town. And then he played at noon. And then he played at two. And, and he, they just moved their way up the food chain. And so it's so exciting when they finally get to that headliner moment. And yeah. it's, it's a great moment for them to enjoy. You know, it's funny, and their budget doesn't go down, does it? They get oh. a little more expensive as they go. And it, it even brings to mind, like, when I'm low cash, who I watched those kids uh, at Jam for uh, a long time, and they've, you know, they, they struggled, and they were MCs, and they were just always trying to make it. And I honestly had resolved myself to the fact, I'm like, those guys are never going to have a hit. Right. Like, it's just never going to happen. And all of a sudden, out of the woodwork, you know, bam, they come, they just come alive. So it's just insane to me. I know. And, of course, they were the ones that had uh, their first number one hit when Earth was closed. <laughs> like... <laughs> They hit number one. It's the biggest year of their career, and touring is closed. So their first number one hit was in 2020. Wow. How, how many people on a, on a given year, what's the attendance at Jam? Like, how many people actually attend? And, and to that point, what's been your biggest crowd ever? Like, what? It, it, two numbers. Your, your average attendance, and then who has, what, name an artist that's drawn in the most people. Like, who is that? Well, first of all, we're promoters, so we all lie about our numbers. <laughs> so whatever I tell you isn't going we to be true. We do that in the car business, yeah, exactly. too. Yeah, exactly. I sold a million last month. That's no problem. <laughs> so, you know, but honestly, fifteen to 20,000 really is is that sweet spot. Um, but probably the largest crowd I ever saw um, when I was there was you where you had Bon Jovi. And uh, that was sure. a huge uh, gamble for us. And uh, I, I've never seen a crowd of people like that before. It was unbelievable and an amazing moment. Isn't that what, what year was that? Uh, 2007. Wow. Wow. And I wonder, are they still, I mean, as these guys evolve out, I mean, I, they're still, do, do they still perform? Um, I don't know if Bon Jovi still tours. A lot, you know, what's interesting is 2020 has really uh, had a lot of people just say, you know what, I'm good. Like, <laughs> I don't need to do this again. Because, you know, when you talk about being an artist, it's like being an athlete. Like the physical condition that these artists have to be in both vocally and physically to do a yeah. tour. They're just kind of done, like, oh, man, I got to start over again. So, um, but and, and they've, I mean, obviously at the peak of their career, they're doing it more to stay relevant, so to speak, or just kind of out there. But I mean, they, these guys who've peaked in their career, a lot of them make the choice not to be playing the small theater after they've played a, a, a festival or, you know, a target center or this or that. It's like, eh, we it's call diminishing it the, returns. We call it the circle of the county fair. <laughs> so you start at a county fair and then you end up, you know, headlining stadiums and then somehow you end up back at the county fair. It's the circle of life. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I, I, I literally, you know, for me, um, I just, I, I hope I'm excited about this year. I would do anything to go to a concert. And you were talking about that earlier. And I'm, I'm, I've been a fest goer 
and a jam goer my whole entire life. Like you put me in front of a, a music festival and that's my summer. And this year, uh, this last year, I, it was like a sit out. Like I was on the bench all year. So I have to think that the, the, to me, when you were talking about tickets earlier, um, this is going forward. This is pressing forward. And I got to think most people are sitting on sidelines going, uh, sign me up. I've sat at home for 14 months. I can How tell quick can you, I get there? everybody's cheering us on. I mean, there isn't a person out there that's not saying, we're God, we're hoping. Geez, we're hoping, you know, and, and that feels so good. You know, we had Chris Cruzy stopped in the office um, about a month ago to, to do some autograph uh, merchandise for us. And he played, he sat down and just sang. And honestly, I could have cried. I was like, oh, my heavens, live music. It was just cool. amazing. Yeah, so we're so ready to bring it back and excited to just be alive again. And, and uh, we're ready to do that. Miss Wright, KW, is there anything that you can think of that you want to tell me that I didn't touch on today? <laughs> I'm so glad that you were uh, here with me today. Like, I've, I, I honestly was pinging through my mind, and I'm like, top of friend groups that have got to be on this, and of course you. So I'm, I feel lucky. What, what did I miss? Oh, my gosh. I have no idea. You know, it's just – it's so fun to sit and talk about – at the event and the stories and the memories. And, you know, all I can say is that being a part of this organization and, and throwing the greatest party of the summer for everyone is my favorite thing. There's nothing better than on Saturday night to look out in the crowd and see all of my friends having the time of their life. And as a closing comment, I will say people don't realize for you now, you're one of the most fun people I ever get to hang out with, but you are in work mode that oh, week. Yeah. So normally um, uh, you're, you'll be pretty tolerant of a, of a, of a bill. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> that week you're usually pretty accustomed to like giving me the eye, you know, like, Hey, it's uh, time for you to go to bed or yep. can I, can I get yes. you a car out of here? It might, might be time for you to go. So I'm um, Kathy. I appreciate you being on here today. I'm truly looking forward to spending time with you, getting to do it again. And, and thanks for being a guest. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. You bet.